Welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students, a multi-part podcast series that gives college students the knowledge and tools to handle their financial situation during and after college. Your host for this program is Professor Frank Longo of Centenary University. Please note that before making any financial decisions, please seek sound financial advice from a financial professional. And now, here is your host, Professor Frank Longo. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students. Thank you for joining us. A bank located in California is in the news, and it could have a major impact on every one of us. How could that be, you might ask? Well, the bank, Silicon Valley Bank, also known as SVB, is the 16th largest U.S. bank, and it failed last week. It's the second largest bank failure in the United States. Potentially, this could have widespread implications. Before we discuss that, first, the background for SVB. During the pandemic, depositors put substantial amounts of money into SVB accounts, causing its deposits to more than double. SVB attracted the deposits by offering higher interest rates to depositors. Instead of making loans, as banks usually do with the deposits it received, SVB invested substantial amounts of deposits in U.S. Treasury bonds. The longer the term, 30 years at that time, the higher the interest rates they would pay. So they paid higher interest rates at that time than, let's say, a two-year note. Keep in mind that investments in U.S. government securities, such as 30-year bonds, are safer than other investments since the United States has never failed to pay interest or principal at maturity. And the key is at maturity. They are considered to be risk-free investments for that as every one of our basic finance students at Centenary knows. Any long-term bond, U.S. government or corporate, has a risk, and the risk is the interest rate risk. Changes in interest rates change the value of any bond. As interest rates go up, the value of bonds goes down. It's called the inverse relationship. It's a basic financial principle. It is a fact. SVV managers and directors know or should have known about this. It means there are no guarantees. If you sell before maturity, U.S. bonds are liquid. You can sell them at any time and get cash, but you will get the market value at that time. In other words, 30-year bonds, even 30-year U.S. bonds, do not guarantee a bank's ability to repay depositors should they ask for their money back. When SVB depositors began to withdraw their money, it did not have the funds to pay them. And that caused a run on the bank. You may have seen the classic movie, It's a Wonderful Life, that includes people running to the Bailey Savings and Loan to withdraw their money before other depositors. They feared the bank would run out of money and be unable to pay them. SVB experienced a digital and online run, and it did fail to pay depositors. The FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, took over. So this is, in my opinion, the main reason for the problem, the big mistake, and that is the bank invested in 30-year bonds, which are normally safe, and they are safe at maturity that you can get your maturity value in 30 years. What they are not safe with 
is the current value because market value dictates and it's a basic principle. So this, in my opinion, was simply the one big mistake. Now, there may be other mistakes, but the one big one was this bank investing in 30-year Treasury bonds. Let's interrupt this SVB discussion for a moment and consider the small investor and saver, as we always do. We have suggested in recent discussions that due to volatile markets, people should build up an emergency fund, a reserve of cash held in a liquid account for use during an emergency. Then we suggest using additional money, if you have it available, to invest in, for example, bank certificates of deposit or U.S. Treasury bills or notes that mature in from four weeks to up to two years with the notes. We also suggested, well, we suggested the notes going for two years could lock in a high rate for you. But we specifically warned against investing in 30-year Treasury bonds. Why? Because this was basic. This was simple. We were and still remain concerned about the interest rate risk. In short, following our advice would have kept SVB out of trouble. One of the lessons we learned was the risks of investing in long-term bonds. Now back to SVB. The situation has caused many people to play the blame game, either to deflect criticism from themselves or for political purposes. These people include the media, President Biden, former President Trump, and both Democrat and Republican politicians. Some blame the Federal Reserve for raising rates. Some blame it for not acting to pre prevent the crisis. Typically, one party blames the opposing party. We have a few comments on the blame game. First, in terms of blaming the Federal Reserve for raising interest rate rates, should we? No, no way, in my opinion. Interest rates had to be raised to fight persistently high inflation rates. That was and still is necessary to protect the poor and the middle class from the ravages of high food prices and other prices. In other words, to protect them from inflation. I think the Fed maybe should have raised rates sooner than it did. It was wrong early on when it said inflation was transitory, but it changed its view, and I'm glad it did. So some say the Fed should have exercised its oversight responsibilities, that the Fed missed seeing the problem. Some, including President Biden, blame former President Trump and Republicans for easing the Dodd-Frank regulation requirements. So I'm going to make some rare, rare for me in the dollars and cents discussion, some rare somewhat political comments. I'm tired of both sides playing the political blame game with money, and more importantly, the lives of average Americans. So let's address the Dodd-Frank regulation. It passed over opposition of many Republicans. It was scaled down by Republicans over the opposition of many Democrats. However, when it was scaled down, it was a bipartisan piece of legislation. Approximately 37 Democrats voted to scale down the Dodd-Frank bill. We should note that former Democratic representative Barney Frank, co-author of Dodd-Frank and a board member of the recently shut down Signature Bank, told Bloomberg he didn't think the 2018 changes had any impact on SVB or his bank. Also, some Democrats who backed the law, easing the regulation, 
they're still defending it. Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat, told this week on Sunday he thought it was put in place an appropriate level. It was put in place to provide an appropriate level of regulation on mid-sized banks. Democratic Senator Tim Kaine said regional and community banks really needed the relief at the time and that solutions should wait until there's an analysis of causes. The point is, the deregulation of Todd Frank is a debatable issue. An important point was raised by Lawrence Baxter, a law professor at Duke University and a former bank executive at Wachtovia. He said that deregulatory reforms may well have contributed to laxer rather than stricter oversight. And now I'll quote, having said that, I, meaning Lawrence Baxter, said, I don't think the regulators are entirely off the hook because they still have power to take action when they observe rapid deterioration. And we'll have to find out why they didn't. In other words, deregulation, according to Lawrence Baxter, deregulation does not mean no regulation. However, we do need more information. It seems to me that the Republicans want little, if any, regulation. That is clearly not acceptable, not to my way of thinking. Without regulation, we have chaos and calamity, or in this case, potential calamity. On the other side, Democrats seem to want to regulate just about everything, and they often push rules through with thousands of pages of legislation and numerous rules. So many pages that some admit they voted, but did not read the bill. And that, in my opinion, is disgraceful. Did you know that Dodd-Frank is more than 2,000 pages and contains more than 400 new rules? We need both sides to be thoughtful. I would suggest as a condition of voting that any person voting on bills should be required to certify that they actually read the bill. The inflation that caused the need to raise interest rates was caused in part by record government spending that was increased to fight the economic destruction of the pandemic shutdowns. The spending began under President Trump and was continued and increased by President Biden. No one, not the Republicans, not the Democrats, insisted on accountability for the stimulus money that caused the inflation. So at this time, great sums of money are not accounted for, and some money remains in the hands of state governments who didn't use it during the pandemic. They're using it now, in some cases, like the state of New Jersey, is using it to buy vehicles, and they're using it to build museums, which had nothing to do with the pandemic. Yet that money is being spent. The point is, politicians who play the blame game on both sides of the political aisle share the blame for SVB, since they contributed to inflation with certainly some substantial unnecessary spending. And as the New Jersey case shows, spending for just anything. My suggestion is that the legislators regulate themselves first, read the bills they vote upon, hold the recipients of funds accountable and account for the money they receive so they can tell us how it was used. We as individuals cannot spend all the money we may desire to. We have limits, but the government does not. I think the government should control its spending and they shouldn't spend unless they know how they are going to pay for it. And they should state how they are going to pay for various bills. All that spending contributed to inflation. Enough of my rant. The SBC situation is actually very simple, but we need additional facts developed so we can truly understand it. I expect that we will learn more in the coming days, but it's really very simple. The bank made ill-advised investments in 30-year bonds, something it never should have done. Had that not happened, the whole situation would, would be prevented. As far as impact 
on the everyday person. The Federal Reserve was poised to raise rates before this. Now there's talk that it may have to hold back on raising rates. And that's significant because the Fed that uses raising rates as a tool to fight inflation, they may have to refrain from doing so, which means the inflation that is persistent, even though it's eased, it is persistent. And it does impact food prices, which hurts, as we said, the poor the most. That inflation is likely to persist, thereby harming many poor and needy people. Interest rates were also poised to go up in bank accounts so that those savers who for many years paid for the financial crisis in 2008 by having their bank accounts earn nearly no interest, they were for once going to start to earn decent amounts of money on their hard-earned savings. And now it may be somewhat restricted. So this impacts the common people and what people on both sides of the aisle and people with corporations, they need to be responsible. We really need to get to asking what is the right answer. And maybe we should try to avoid the political answer and get to the right answer. And maybe the only way to do that is to impose term limits. So I said enough of my rant, and I continued. I do think, though, that we will continue to discuss this issue in the future because new facts will be developed, and we will speak about them. We will continue to look out for the small saver and investor, and we'll provide our opinions. So our bottom line, be responsible with your money. Save and invest carefully. In other words, stay calm, thoughtful, and purposeful. You have been listening to Dollars and Cents for College Students with host Frank Longo. The opinions on this series are those of the host. Before making any financial decisions, be sure to consult with a financial professional such as a certified financial planner. For more information, visit cfp.net.